Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Life's better with American Family Insurance because our home policies help protect your dreams and come with peace of mind. Save up to 25% by bundling home, auto, and life. American Family Insurance. Get a quote, find an agent at AmFam.com. Products not available in every state. Discounts may not apply to all coverages on an auto or home policy. Discounts do not apply to life insurance policies. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating companies, American Family Life Insurance Company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another thrilling episode of A Pod of Two Halves. I've called it thrilling. You haven't heard it yet. It may be terrible. We haven't even recorded yet. This is literally the intro. It could be a terrible show. I'm hoping it isn't, because I'm here with two fantastic people. My first is Mr. Lee Collard. How are you doing, buddy? How was your weekend? Yeah, I'm good, mate. Very good. Was it good? Was my weekend good? Yeah. Yeah, no complaints. Very busy. What did you do? I was up in Cambridgeshire. Cambridgeshire? Meeting the in-laws for oh, the first time. Oh, meeting in-law. the in-laws. It's getting a bit serious, eh? Wow. Let's, let's sack off Serious the football stuff. talk. Let's, talk <laughs> let's not let's not go into too much detail about this. Wow. Have a lovely weekend and let's move on. Okay, Woods, how was your weekend? <laughs> I, I'm interested about Cambridgeshire. Whereabouts in Cambridgeshire? Oh, that's a good question. Like a little village somewhere, and then we went into Cambridge itself on Saturday for a, for a day. Okay. Cambridge is very beautiful, by the way. I've never been there. It is. I was. Oh, this is this is your me. neck of the woods, isn't it? It is my neck of the woods. Yes. Yeah. So Cambridge wasn't how I expected it. It's quite. Oldie woldy, if that makes sense, you know, all just quaint. Absolutely, mate. It's a university town, and the university is like a, like, it's like a cathedral. Yeah, 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 man. It's also like goes for miles. It's like they've got so many different colleges there. It's basically a city which is inside the university in many ways. Yeah, because when when I was looking at, it, I was like, because obviously I think of our university and it's modern buildings, and then you look at this university, and you're like. It's hmm. like Hogwarts, this, right? Yeah, that's, that's literally that's it. You took the words out of my mouth. Cambridge is an actual university, mate. That's why. <laughs> is Oxford got the same? I've never been to Oxford. Is that the same? Yeah, Oxford's kind of like, you know, like Man City, Liverpool, you know, at the moment that is like Man City, Peak, Cambridge, Oxford. Yeah, it's all right. <laughs> well, I was born in Cambridge. Might be biased. So I've never been there, though, other than when I was born there for, for, for my money. <laughs> Yeah, Woods, how was your weekend, buddy? How, how did you get on? Oh, uh, yeah. It felt extremely short due to a high amount of driving. Um, it was a double birthday weekend, my father and my my niece. So that was kind of a... Funny enough, I was back in Cambridgeshire uh, as well. So, you know, maybe we could have crossed paths, hooked up. None of that. <laughs> no. Didn't fancy it. But yeah, no, it was good, man. <laughs> it was good it was good uh watched a bit of the football um 
yeah, which I'm guessing we're going to probably touch on after we finish talking about our personal lives. Exactly. Um, you may notice, eagle-eyed listeners of the show, there was no intro today. It's because I don't have a laptop to do it on, basically. So I'm using a different laptop, which doesn't have any of the files that I had before. And it's a Windows one, not a Mac, so it has none of the functionality at all. So we've gone a bit basic today. Um this should be fixed by next week, I'm hoping, where we might get a nice shiny new intro befitting of our status as a... Is it status or status? Status. Status. Yes. Dynasty? Dynasty. Dynasty. Befitting our status of a, as, as, as a great podcast to listen to, a, a good shiny intro. Anyway, we also have uh, some potential hilarity with Woods' internet today. So, uh, cause we, so we have Woods on <laughs> Skype, you see. He's, he's beaming in at us and he's... Um, Every now and again, his video has to catch up with him, so he's kind of on speed every now and again. It's quite amusing. All-round technical difficulties today. All-round technical difficulties. And speaking, but we'll overcome them. Well, and speaking of technical difficulties, this brings us perfectly onto the first subject at hand, which is, of course, VAR. Now, I believe in the first week there were, was it five or six incidents? Uh, something like that, And then that, yeah. this week there's been one more incident. Or is it one less? I thought it was a few more, actually, to be honest. This has been a great intro for me here. <laughs> um, essentially, look, we've had some debates, we've had some big decisions being talked about when it comes to VAR. And realistically, I want to know your thoughts. Because on one hand, you've got the old school mentality of, and it seems to be a lot of ex-pros coming out and saying, well, oh, we don't need VAR, it's ruining the emotion of the game. But then you get the, you know, the, the, the forward thinkers who are thinking, actually, from a from a right or wrong perspective, VAR is needed for the accuracy of the game. So, what say you? Who who shall I start with? Who wants to answer this first of all? Go ahead, Mister Collard. Let's we'll, let's we'll hear. To get in there. Let's hear your opinion. Um, well, yeah, I have to acknowledge that it's probably not been how I anticipated it to to be. Um, I thought it was going to correct all wrongdoings and everyone would be happy. Um, evidently, not for myself. Uh, Look, for the, for the most part, it has it has worked out in in most decisions, um, but there are still a few, I don't know, teething issues if if that's to put it lightly. Because okay, for instance, like over the weekend, you know, talking about one of the good decisions it made, um, there was the Leandro Drossard uh, goal ruled out. It was offside. Um, so for offside decisions, whilst the technology is questionable, the use of VAR in that situation was perfect. Um, and then we had obviously the City game which was uh, a complete contradictory, I felt, because you had the, the Mella incident with, uh, with Rodri when he pulled him down in the box. And for me, it, it's a penalty. They highlighted it yesterday on Monday Night Football that the referee wasn't actually looking in that direction. So if he's not looking at it, he can't have seen it. So that's perfect for VAR to come in and then make that decision. The referee, I don't know whether he's he's actually seen. Well, he's come out and said to the players he's seen it. That's allegedly what he's done. But for me, you know, that that's when it should have been used properly. Um, and then obviously later on we had the incident with the handball. Um, I think obviously in that situation it was more the handball was the issue in terms of the you know the new the new rule. Uh, if it hits you know a player in the box, an attacking player, then regardless of you know whether it's intentional or not, you know he's gonna he's gonna get pulled up. Um, yeah. So well, back I, I to the question. Back to the question at hand. I mean, for you, are you for it or against it? Well, the the the, the overwhelming thing is is 
you're kind of losing that sense of enjoyment. Like, you know, you, like we've only experienced it two weeks now and, you know, we're already getting used to having to pause like after a goal has gone in and that kind of euphoria. I mean, I haven't had the joy of watching Everton properly yet with VAR in full flow because I feel like when I do, it's going to... It's going to really kill my enjoyment because obviously that's when I'm, I'm most into my football is when I'm watching my football team play. Um, even at the moment watching, like for instance, last night with the uh, with the Neves goal, wonderful goal, and then straight away they're going to a VAR and they're having to check it and that, that enjoyment's gone. And I kind of maybe, I just didn't take that into account beforehand, pre-season, you know, that's how I was going to feel. So what would you like to see changed? And we'll come to you in a second, Woods, because I'm, I'm interested to see your take as well. I've had, how... I've had a quick thought about this, and my, my, I don't know if it would work, but I would like kind of maybe a, a review system where each, each team gets two reviews, kind of like how they do in the tennis and how they do in the cricket. So the VAR's there, and if they want to, and, you know, maybe it's the captain or the manager goes over to the captain, they have a 10-second time to you know to say yep they say when the next when the ball goes out of play they get 10 seconds they have to make a decision like they do in the cricket and like pretty much in with Hawkeye and tennis it's you know they have to do it within five seconds I think so you were saying that say say Everton scored a goal and there was a through ball and the player was potentially offside as he's receiving the ball the the linesman doesn't flag it the referee says it's a goal um potentially Everton at that point or the opposing team sorry could could, could could appeal that, that goal and say, can we check the VAR to see, yeah. was he offside? And in that way, you're limiting it. And then you kind of also then making it like something that you kind of almost want to happen. You know, you'll enjoy it more because there's only two. And the opposition then have to come into play and use it effectively because if they use it wrong, then they lose a the review. I think it's perfect. Interesting. Well, perfect in my head at the moment. Perfect in your head at the moment. <laughs> uh, Mr. Woods, what, what are your thoughts on VAR and its implementation thus far? I'm going to set a scene for you guys, all right? Let me set the scene. This one especially for you, Lee Collard. Okay. Um, your team, as shocking as it may be, right, your team are playing a European semi-final, okay? They've got their eyes. They're going to the final. <clears throat> it's a tight game uh, where small margins are going to make the difference. And an absolute fucking shambles of a refereeing performance robs you of three clear penalties and then obviously your place in the final. Like, had VAR been available, those calls would have been made, penalty scored, you're through to the final to uh, gain vengeance after the f- year previously, having lost the shootout to the team which were already in the final. <clears throat> My feeling is, VAR isn't perfect right now, but I'm all for it. Because I've spent... I, I, I understand... The, <clears throat> God, you're right there, mate. <laughs> no, I'm dying. <laughs> <laughs> I understand people complaining about being taken out at the moment with the Nevers goal, but I spent a fucking decade, mate, a decade trying to get over that refereeing performance. <laughs> a decade, mate. I, I would have VAR every day of the week if we could go back to that moment, that match, and change history. It's it's not perfect. It's definitely not perfect. Um, the emotion is being affected. Um, I completely agree with you about the Neves goal last night. I thought it was ridiculous how long it took to see a clear offside that they, they still wanted to draw these lines from people's shoulders. Do away with that for a start. Um, I was actually in a bar on Wednesday watching the uh, European Super Cup and the new offside rule which they decided to implement made me look like a mug twice. So they can do away with that as well. Well, because um, <laughs> that's what I'm saying. You, 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 I'm assuming you cheered, didn't you? Obviously, when 
Yes. Exactly. And then yes, when Pulisic scored, I haven't seen I haven't seen the goal. Or the, I don't I haven't seen the decision. So, so I don't know. For some reason, for some reason, they've got a new offside rule, which is basically the linesmen are encouraged to play on and let play develop, uh, and then basically call it yeah. offside once the players basically banged the goal. Uh, Pulisic scored a great goal. Uh, needless to say, immediately uh, I'm up on my feet cheering in a bar full of Liverpool I fans and uh, disappointment. Um, fact is, though, it's out of the, you know it's out of Pandora's box now. Uh, there's no going back. Um, there's you know put it into a relegation situation where there's hundreds of millions of pounds on the table. You know, there's hundreds of millions of pounds that could be potentially lost on poor refereeing performances where VAR can. Correct those decisions. Look at Cardiff, for example, right? Cardiff are a perfect example. They only just uh, went down last season. Um, and that was partly due to the game against Chelsea, for which Chelsea got two goals, which were ultimately, I think one of them was offside, and I think the other one, there was an impediment as well, which left Warnock obviously absolutely seething, which was hilarious. But ultimately, that's cost the team big time, because that's ultimately what it was, which would have kept them up in the league. So they can't go back now. They have to, they're committed now. They can't now put it away. VAR is here to stay. Um, it needs refinement. There's no doubt about that. But it's been let down big time by basically a joke rule set at the moment. The offside, the, 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 sorry, the handball rule, what a joke. I don't understand what how a joke. it is such, so difficult to just agree on a fucking law. You know what I mean? Because like, well, obviously no, we had last season, we had the Champions League debacle where United got through when they shouldn't have got through because of a random handball. And you've got the Man City incident of the weekend against Spurs where it was an unbelievable decision. He, it was never intentional. And if anything, this law benefits defenders and not attackers, which completely goes against the beauty of the game, right? Well, yeah. 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 Right. It's just, it's just annoying. I mean, the, the, the easiest way to surmise it, right, with this new handball rule is that even the lawmakers know it's stupid. Because if you went to them and gone, okay, so the game's meant to be fair. So the rule will implement it for defenders as well. So if the ball inadvertently hits a defender's arm, we'll give a penalty, right? And they go, no, 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 that's fucking ridiculous. There'll be penalties all over the place. And it's like, exactly. <laughs> It's fucking ludicrous, isn't it? That basically you call it black and white on this handball decision, especially when you have a video referee to look at it. He could have looked at the Laporte situation and gone, absolutely, that's not infringement. The the goal was a good goal. Even Tottenham were laughing about it. They couldn't believe it was called off uh, for for handball, sorry. Um, VAR, it will get better. I think in the next five years, we'll see that it will speed speed up. uh, The offside situation that'll be improved um and also like some of these shit rules that they put in this year they'll be done away with it'll be fine uh it's just that right now we're going through the that difficult learning stage the referees are starting to get used to using it the problem is we're going through that learning stage in the most expensive league in the world and it's there's a lot of stake as you rightly said woods hundreds of millions of pounds at stake and it feels like we're learning on the job which isn't ideal for me because this entire system no. looks vastly different than the Champions League system. For example, these random fucking graphs that they keep drawing on things where they've got the little lines and all sorts. Like what? The lack of a video monitor for the referee. The la- Exactly. There's all these kind of things. I mean, as you said, I think it will See, get better. See, obviously they've... Stanks. Yeah. Sorry? I was going to say the reason that they've done away with the video monitor for the referees is actually to speed it up. 
because part of the thing that was taking so long at the World Cups is that the VAR official go, you probably want to have a look at this, and then the ref would jog over to the touchline and he spends the next five minutes looking at a video to make a decision. Ultimately, now he gets a decision in his ear by an official who's watched the video in a cupboard somewhere. So it does speed it up in that sense. The offside thing with the lines, it's, it, I mean, we, we touched on this last week, it's stupid. It's just stupid. Just lines from the feet. If I ever see a fucking dash line from some guy's shoulder ever again, oh, it's unbelievable. <laughs> he's, I can't he's believe they were genuinely looking on, at it let's, last let's, night. Let's I, talk about... Oh, hang on a second, Woods. Your audio is hilarious at some points. Technical difficulties, boys and girls. Technical difficulties. Sorry, you're speeding up, you're slowing down, it's getting quite amusing. Uh, we'll plough on, though. We'll plough on. <laughs> Speaking of Manchester City, um, they absolutely dominated the third best team in the league, according to many. Um, a pretty good performance by them. Tottenham were, for my money, quite terrible. And yet they held them to a draw. What do we think of Manchester City so far? Words? The Pep Express is running roughshod through the Premier League. And there's literally nothing that anybody can do about it. Nothing. The sad, the sad thing, there is a sad thing about this City team, and that is that I look at this City team, and Chelsea had a five-year head start on basically what they've managed to do. We had a five-year head start on them, and now I feel like we're five years behind. Like, Chelsea were first to the table with the money to do literally what City did, and they fucked around with firing managers and buying players and selling players, while Man City seemed to have kind of went through that period and went, hang on a minute, this is a waste of time. Let's get it consolid- uh, consolidated and get a focus which has now taken Chelsea, I think we're now four, uh, 15, 16 years into the Bramovich era to finally try and steady it a little bit. Um, the template is there. It's success, but it's not just success now. It's also long-term success because this team, I, um, I, I saw a, a team sheet of under 25 players and it's just ridiculous how much talent they've got. Um, regarding the draw at the weekend, uh, it's bloody ridiculous. Um, it was... Only because of, as we already touched on, an insane law that's been put in this year. Uh, but they, they basically treated uh, Tottenham like uh, Brock Lesnar treats his, their, his breakfast, you know. It was just a complete domination. Um, 30 <laughs> shots thirty shots versus three is a fair reflection on this mismatch. And I, I know that there'll be a lot of listeners that have been like, oh, he's being tough on Spurs again. It's nothing to do with my anti-Spurs bias at all. City are just a different animal. And the mad thing about this is that Tottenham are legitimately the third best team in the league, right? They, they could arguably even be the second best team in the league. And City had just done that to them. Like, the, the, a complete domination. Uh, Kevin De Bruyne is, like, looking like some Gerard Beckham hybrid out there. Uh, Sterling is, like, starting to play, like, messy light, if you would. Uh, Bernardo Silva is arguably the best player in the world. And they're doing all of this without the best left back in football. And Leroy Sane. Like, they're still not up to full health. The, the, the only negative... That I can pick out about them, and I know that someone tried to highlight about corners and that they concede goals from corners. They just don't concede corners. Uh, it's very rare that they can actually concede corners to have corners scored against them. Um, but their goalkeeper, right, Edison, and it's not that he's a bad goalkeeper. Um, it's just a case that City dominate games so much that I question his mentality to stay awake in games. It feels like the Le Maire goal this weekend. What was his position about? It was absolute nonsense where he found himself there. And that, to me, looked like a player that was just bored and just completely lost where he was. It's like last year, he conceded a couple of penalties. Again, they were rash decisions. and It felt like he was bored and wanted to do something. And that's where their weakness lies, is that 
their goalkeeper basically getting bored of being a spectator in games is their weakness. This team, this team could legitimately go undefeated this season, right? And not just that, I think someone's going to be on the other end of a double-figure humping at some point this year. Do you year. think we're finally uh, going to get rid of the, the Man United 9-0 is going to be dethroned I as the, the king of, wow, of scorelines? I do. I do. I think that someone's going to get an absolute waffling. Having watched Norwich dis, like dismantle Newcastle this weekend, I cannot fucking wait for Steve Bruce to take that team to the Etihad. <laughs> that is going to be something else. But yeah, this City team's special. It's really special. Um, it's, it's one of those teams that is one of the greatest in Premier League era. Um, but <laughs> I don't like comparing teams because the rule sets are different. Um, I look at that United team in 08. That was a very special team. I think the Chelsea team in, in 04 was a very special team. Um, th- those teams were built on a bit more power, physicality, which maybe wouldn't match up so well with the rules now. But this City team are just so far ahead of everyone else. And it's going to be double figures in terms of uh, the points difference between them and whoever will finish second place. They're just too good. What about you, Lee? What are your thoughts on Manchester City? It's not hard not to argue against it. Um, ultimately, with uh, Kevin De Bruyne coming back into the team, who they missed pretty much all last year, uh, that's like it's like a you know I don't want to say it's like a new signing, but it is because you know he's already scored, he's already made more assists this season in these two games than what he did all of last season. Um, he's a massive, massive player for them. The, the quality he shows, like you know, we saw it with the ball to Sterling, the movement beforehand to find the space and then to whip in that delicious ball, and again for Aguero later on, he's he's a joy to watch, and I know he's one of your favourite players. Yeah, I absolutely love the guy. He's, um, as Wood said earlier, he's like a Beckham Gerrard hybrid. But then he's got more. He's always, at times he's like a Pirlo, or so, you know, he can just he can dictate, he can attack, he can run forward, he can he can just do everything there is. I mean, there was a really good bit. Yeah. I watched the game and um, Gary Neville was talking about it on commentary quite a lot. Um, that a ball came back to him. It was much like the goal for Sterling. It, the same thing happened about five minutes prior where. Um, the fullback had given him the ball. I kind of rolled him back to him in that space. And he took a touch before he crossed it. And it meant that the, the players running in the box for City had to kind of check their run and nothing came of it. And Neville highlighted he should have played that first time because attackers want it first time. They want to be able to anticipate that you're going to strike the ball. Literally five minutes later, he hits it first time. It's an unbelievable ball to Sterling at the back post. And there's a goal. And it's just like, he, there's a guy... His brain is on a different planet. He's just—he's operating on a different level. And David Silver came on that game at the weekend, and he was awful. He was—he was off the pace by quite a large margin. And but I don't think it matters. I feel like with someone like David Silver, he needs to be starting rather than coming on because he's that sort of player which I think he needs to influence from the beginning. And once his legs do go, probably on the hour mark, then someone comes in. But that's the thing. I mean, I, I, I agree with you, but this is the thing. But they they're didn't, getting into that starting 11, though. This is it. They didn't start him. And, I mean, last season, David Silva, um, you know, he had some amazing moments last season. It was almost like a resurgence in terms of some goals he scored and things like that. They don't, they've already got Bernardo Silva, who's incredible. They've got De Bruyne, as you said, he's like a new signing. I, I can't see anyone... What we're doing is just talking about their, their depth and strength across not only the starting 11, the whole squad, you know, and the fact is that their depth is world-class players. Well, and yeah. I, well. Speaking of world class players, let's move on very swiftly to Arsenal because the fans, for a number of years, have bemoaned the lack of world class players turning out at uh, what is it, the Emirates. It is the Emirates, isn't it? Yeah. What am I going on about? I thought I was going to say that's correct. Yeah. I was going to say Highbury, and I was like, hang on a second, that's not quite right. Um, the, the they fans, had world class players when they played at Highbury. <laughs> exactly. The fans, you know, 
especially Arsenal fan TV, you know, they're always good for a laugh, but they they bemoan the lack of stars at Arsenal. But they, I mean, they have got Aubameyang and Lacazette, two unbelievable players. It seems like they've got another unbelievable player here. And I know I'm not talking about David Luiz. I'm talking about um, <laughs> uh, the fellow on loan from Madrid. What's his name, Woods? Talk to me. Danny Ceballos. Yeah. Um, what a superstar he looks like. Um, I think it was his first start. He obviously had a bit of a cameo against Newcastle where I even saw in, in his stats there, it was an impressive cameo appearance. Uh, but he ran the show for them on, on Saturday. It's a tough game to come into because Burnley are going to get into you a bit. Um, you know, it's a proper dropped in the deep end for what Premier League life can be, but he, he more than adjusted to it. Um, he's he's very comfortable in possession. He's clever with it. And it seems that he can play any role within that, that midfield well, area. he started um, off I the game they, playing as essentially a number 10, right? And then as the game went on, he, did. he very quickly decided, you know what, there's loads of space behind me I can just see a little bit deeper and maybe other runners can come forward instead it was very clever play and it's a sign of a clever player to be able to adjust because maybe it's Emery maybe Emery spotted it very early on who knows but he he played the deeper role very 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 well very relaxed I I feel like he offers a different dynamic to what a lot of them players they've already got in the middle of the park and who they lost in Ramsey as well Um, Xhaka uh, Guendouzi Torreira, you know, none of these players seem to have what he offered on on Saturday. No, exactly. I mean, he had yeah. um, there was a distinct, there was a bit of flair about him, which he's a kind of player mm. that if you if you played for your team in a five minute sub appearance, your players, your fans would be able to spot. You always can spot a good player. You can tell by his first touch. You can tell by how he moves. As soon as this fella got on the ball, you could tell oh, he's got something about him. But Mr. Woods, I'm going to put this to you again. They've gone and got this guy, a potential world-class centre midfielder. But are they going to have him next season? I mean, there's no way he plays for Arsenal next season. Um, Real Madrid, I think, had an idea with Kovacic last year. I think they were happy to kind of send him out to Chelsea, using Chelsea as somewhat of a, a feeder club to try and get Kovacic some minutes with an idea of potentially... Seeing him come in and replace Modric, I think that they clearly went away from that when they saw Danny Ceballos. And I think that this may well be Luka Modric's last year in Madrid. I think there's been a lot of talk about him taking a payday in Italy, uh, in particular into Milan. I think that makes a lot of sense from for next summer, especially with Danny Ceballos going in to fill that role. Uh, Spanish kid, extremely talented. He, he's, he's destined to make it at the top of the game. But the thing is, what I will say, look, it's all joking, kind of, haha, you know, Arsenal got this player, but they're not going to have him more than a season. Embrace it, enjoy it. Um, I'm going to give credit to to, to, to Kroenke, um, and I think, it, I can't think what the surname is, but Raul, whoever the uh, geezer was out sorting out the transfers this summer, because there was a window of opportunity for Arsenal this summer, uh, based off Manchester United in a little bit of kind of turmoil. Um, although, you know, judging by the start of the season, they look pretty good. Uh, Chelsea, transfer ban, new manager, all of those issues. So there was a window of opportunity to to basically take fourth place. They should have finished top four last year, but they threw it away in the last couple of games of the season. Um, but they've gone big. They've identified that they needed to get a player to come in to replace Aaron Ramsey. And I think that's a fair, fair statement. Aaron Ramsey... Uh, when fit, drove that team on. And the second he got injured, Arsenal's season actually went in the toilet, which was right at the end of it. He got injured at the worst possible time True. for that club. But he is—he offers what um, what Ramsey does, but more. Uh, because he, I think he's a smarter player. 
Um, no offence to Ramsey. I think Ramsey's an excellent footballer, but I just think that Sabayas offers a little bit more. Do you, do you, sorry, uh, do you they, think he'll we- score as many goals as well as Ramsey? Because Ramsey did chip him with a fair amount. I don't think he has to. Uh, I think that's the key thing. I don't think he will for what it's worth. I think he'll probably be more of a facilitator than he will be a goal scorer for that team. Um, and yes. I know that... Uh, Even the strikers uh, have got as well uh, makes sense, yeah. Yeah. Um, and, th- and that's the other thing, obviously. They went out and got Nicola Pepe, um, who they obviously financed over the next couple ne- of years. Ne- <laughs> that was for you, Lee. Nicola Pepe. Um, <laughs> they went and got an upgrade at left back. <laughs> they got an upgrade at left back in Kieran Tierney um, and obviously they also brought in an experienced sense half in, in David Lewis so they're clearly going for Champions League football this year and they kind of mortgaged it a bit and I think we did touch on this in our first part of the season uh, I think credit where it's due it's, I think it could pay off for them um, they've not been in the Champions League now for three years is it it's been some time um, and I think they might have done enough with their squad and having the two goal scorers that they do have and in Aubameyang they've got a guy that just seems automatic if it wasn't for Mo Salah we would be waxing lyrical about Aubameyang and it's not that he's Thierry Henry because Thierry Henry had more to his game than Aubameyang could ever wish to and he'd even tell you that you know Thierry Henry was scoring 20 plus goals and 20 assists in a season that's not Aubameyang's game he's much more uh, Ian Wright in the sense that he is just a goal scorer um, and he could fire them to that fourth place and, and that'd be a successful season for them so yeah credit where it's due to Arsenal they've, they've, they've taken the opportunity they've grasped it because in previous years they probably wouldn't have um, they probably would have sat there felt good with the team that they had and fallen short and let someone else nip in in fourth place yeah uh, just to add with the Aubameyang and Lacazette I do have some wonderful stats that we always love to have Aubameyang 43 goals and assists combined and Lacazette 40 that's your two main strikers getting over 83 like goals and assists between them. That's, you know, that's ridiculous. Wow. That's obviously since they've been That's pretty bloody club. good. That's yeah, pretty good. We don't have anything like that at Old Trafford, sadly. <laughs> Mate, Rashford and Martial. Well, yeah. I still worry, though, with Arsenal when it comes to, you know, at the back. You know, going forward, you know, we've never really questioned them. And obviously, the Sabias guy is, looks like a wonderful addition. But, you know, David Luiz, we'll wait and see with him. You know, it's the first time in 10 years that Arsenal won their two mm. opening fixtures. That's bonkers, mate. That is bonkers. I can kind see it now, mate. I can, this is it. It's kind fixtures. I was thinking about Manchester United's start um, on, the, on the run-up to this show. I was thinking about how have we actually done? Because we haven't got a segment on United tonight, but fuck it. I'm going to shoehorn one in because I think we're ahead of schedule. Just. Just, yeah? You've got a minute. Exactly. <laughs> um, time masters commanding <laughs> one minute. Oh, I see. <laughs> I see. No, well, I just very quickly anyway, like I'm sitting there thinking my initial reaction after last night's game was one of disappointment because it's like, oh, we should have, you know, we had a penalty there. I'm not, by the way, we're not going to discuss the penalty <laughs> nonsense because it's not even a thing, right? I'm disgusted at Sky for spending so much time talking about it. Fucking Ruben Neves scored one of the greatest goals you're ever likely to see. It was delicious. As soon as that corner was taken, I said to you, didn't I? You I, did. like, I like this. This is nice. And then fucking finds its way to Neves. A peach of a strike, crossbar and in, the perfect, most so aesthetically... aesthetically. Yeah, exactly. Ah, it's delightful. And yeah, after the game, Gary Neville and uh, Jamie Carragher literally spent about 10 minutes straight. I think in actual straight talking, it was seven and a half minutes of talking only about the penalty and whether Rashford or Pogba and what, what you're doing. Newsflash, it doesn't fucking matter, right? It does not fucking matter. Leave it up to them. Just because it was in your day, you had one desert. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter, Right. Rashford could have turned up and missed it as well. It doesn't fucking matter, right? 
Sounds like someone's had a little bite, yeah? I have had a bite because it's just an, it's annoying. But going back to my original point, right? United won the first game against Chelsea four <laughs> nil, and then have drawn away at Wolves, a place where we haven't won last season at all. They fucking do us every time, it seems. I'm pretty happy with that, to be honest with you. And we could have had fucking Arsenal start against some nobodies. We've played two pretty good teams. I'm pretty happy with the start, essentially. That's all I wanted to say on this entire Manchester United thing. No, and it makes, it makes a good point because it's just, as we said, with over Arsenal, the fact that, you know, they've had an easy couple of fixtures. Although, as Wood said, over 10 years, you would like to think at one stage or another, they would have had a couple of decent <laughs> openings. However, you know, they've now had yeah. this time. But like I said, let's not get carried away just yet. Well, they've got David we do it all Louis, the time so, with Arsenal, know. don't we, as well? well? Of course we do. Of course we do. Speaking of David Lewis, completely culpable for that goal, right? <laughs> I'll, I'll give him. Yeah. I'll give him a little Love leeway. It. Come on, it's his first game. You know. I'll be interested to see. I'll be. He's thirty-two, mate. <laughs> okay, his experience may have you know helped him. I'll be interested to see how David Luiz does when they have a full, a full backline. I'm talking Bellerin. I'm talking Tierney. I'm talking a Socrates next to him. When they've got an actual back four, which they're going to want to use for the majority of the games, that's when I'll judge this Arsenal team. I, I have question marks over Tierney and how if he can make this step up. Bellerin, I see. I disagree with what you said earlier a little bit about Ramsey, because for me the wheels okay. were already going off when Bellerin got injured, because he was playing. I can out see his, what you mean. He was yeah. playing really well until he got injured, and that that he loss, was excellent. I, I think the wheels were going off a little bit beforehand because when Ramsey came that's, in, that's fair. It was a. It did. It, it did. Ramsey didn't help the matter at all. By that, I will say that happily. But um, should we talk about? Um, we have another kind of, a kind of topic to talk about because obviously we get accused here at Pod of Two Halves about talking just about Chelsea and Manchester United and even Everton sometimes. You know, they're a big club these days. Allegedly. Uh, just a quick one on Moyes Keane. It will come. It will come. <laughs> Patience. Patience, eh? Patience, yeah. He looked lively. Patience. He looked lively. I mean, he, he's still got another... Oh, I'm going to try getting this right. How many games do we play in a season? Is it 38? 38, yeah. yes. He's got another 36 games to get those seven goals that he's promised, so <laughs> I'm, I'm feeling confident about that. He looks sh- look sharp, but, you know... He be- did look sharp for what it's worth. He did. You know. He did. My favourite yeah. thing was when he skinned Tom Cleverley, the, the mighty Tom Cleverley, <laughs> and then he blazed it. Blazed it. High, wide, Slashed. handsome, right? A proper swipe of that ball there. The commentators were just like, oh, he's hit it hard. What? <laughs> No, he's fucking missed. If that was someone else, mate, they'd have been crucified for that. He's only 19, let's give him time. No, no, I, I, I like the fact they were looking at it in positive terms, but it just amused me. If that was Pogba, mate, he'd have been rinsed, do you know what I mean? But, uh, oh, by the way, I am now the world's biggest Paul Pogba fan. I'm going to defend him on every show we do, right? He's a Man United legend, right? <laughs> <laughs> I say that Kevin De Bruyne is the best player in the league. Uh, well, he's not anymore. <laughs> Right, Pogba's got the most natural ability of anyone in the league. And um, yeah, he's going to be my pick for, for, for breakthrough of the year. And also player of the year. And somehow young player of the year and the golden boot. Because Paul Pogba is really... Who's Gary Neville on, on the podcast right now? <laughs> now in all seriousness, no, Gary like... Neville, like, just me, said he, 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 he thought that he could win player of the year <laughs> this year. Like, and then <laughs> it's character is like, are you serious? And he told him to shut up. It's like, and everyone else is like, no, he's being serious, mate. Like, there's no way Paul Pogba's winning that. Despite, I completely agree. You know what I think about Paul Pogba. I think that there's a Ballon d'Or level footballer in there, but he's just basically got shit for brains and shit for attitude. A bit like Sané then, right? 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, I, yeah. But basically, my Ballon d'Or list, right? It's just—it's <laughs> about fifty players at this point. It's all egomaniacs, mate. Pie boys. Yeah. Oh, you'd have thought you'd have loved Marcelo, wouldn't you? He hates Marcelo, doesn't he? <laughs> yeah. Um, do you want to talk about? Um, obviously, some we, we, as I was talking about, we get accused on this show of talking about just the big teams. Two games into the season, should we talk about the the other teams? Some of the bottom teams, the relegation. Early relegation laden teams. I thought he was leaving in with Chelsea. I, 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 no, no, no. I, I, I swear he is, mate. What? I don't think he is. I wasn't. <laughs> I thought oh, that would have been really a great lead for a white <laughs> Mate, who cares, mate? Mason Mount scored a goal. Good for him. I didn't watch the game. Chelsea, from all accounts, were, you know, I was going to save Chelsea for the last segment before, you know, we go into the thing so we could. Oh right, okay. but, you know, I, was, well, I wanted to mix it up a little bit because we always talk about Chelsea. I tell you what, goals. mate, if, if if that was the lead-in for Chelsea, I would have loved it. I, I'm not kidding. I genuinely thought that's where you were going with when you started going relegated. I still think we should, guys, still yeah. think we should go with that. To be right, honest. Let's I'm, go I'm, in with Chelsea now. You know, with their one point. You know, this season. One point. Yeah, it's all good. It's so, funny enough. Wait, I think so, we got so, a point from those games last year. So. Well, I didn't watch the game. Right, I haven't seen the game. I haven't. Yeah. I think I've seen. I saw the goals. Literally just the goals. What happened? Talk to me. Was it a good game? Was it a bad game? Both of you watched the game, correct? Well, I, it's an enjoyable football match. Yeah, it, it, Do you want to go firstly? I'll, I'll tell I you know, what, you I go know, first. Cause, and you probably want to talk about the uh, Super Cup, which I didn't get to watch. Um, mm-hmm. But for me, watching Chelsea, you know, it was probably the fight, you know, after the Man United game, it was interesting to see how they were going to do it at home with, uh, you know, Lampard making his big, you know, home debut. They went for it. Um, and by all accounts, I think this is not too dissimilar to how they took the game to Liverpool. But um, I was generally like quite a little bit in awe at first. I was like, wow, this is incredible. Um, the, the press was insane. Uh, and ultimately, that's what led to the goal um, with Mount pressing, was it? And Didi, was it? Am I right in thinking that? And Didi? Um, yeah, yeah. Didi. Um, he took a couple of too, too many touches, uh, Mount closing down, and, you know, ultimately, you, you just wait, waiting for the next goal to come from Chelsea. Um, but it kind of all fizzled out a little bit, and uh, Leicester grew into the game uh, with... I think, well, Madison was on the ball a lot and he was looking lively. I felt like his end product was a little bit off. So this, is, uh, this is Madison, right? This is Man of the in, Match Madison Involved as well. in a Twitter war with Jeremy Clarkson. <laughs> yeah, that was brilliant, wasn't it? <laughs> Did you see it, Woods? That was crazy, yeah. mate. That was crazy, yeah. It was a weird, to, for what it's worth, I did think it was a really strange comment from Jeremy Clarkson. He is a Chelsea fan. Um, it was a weird comment, but I, the retort was pretty good. Yeah. Fair play I, to Madison. Just as a complete side note here, I'm going to give you a gripe I have, right? Because I have, I have a genuine gripe, and it's griped me for many griping years, and I will continue to be griped by it forever, I, I think. Gripe Gary, Gary Lineker gets, gets this a lot, right, and it irritates me. So when Gary Lineker talks about politics, right, you get loads of these fucking morons on Twitter going, oh, stick to football, what do you know about politics? And you've got someone like Jeremy Clarkson, as you said, Woods, is a Chelsea fan, right? He's probably watched more football than a lot of people are in, in the world. And it's like, oh, we go stick to the cars. And it's like, well, you're not allowed a hobby, you're an interest. But, but the issue was that he did make a personal comment about his hair. Yeah, I know, I, I know that. So he I'm needs like, to be put in his place by James Madison. And James Madison's done very well for doing it. What I'm saying is, like, it's when... Just because Jeremy Clarkson made a comment about football and it's like, no, you should only be allowed to talk about cars. I mean, you, you, you work in insurance for a living yearly. Like, you're not allowed to talk about football anymore. Sorry, you're not allowed to do a podcast. Yeah. Where's your insurance podcast? Yeah. Where's your insurance podcast? That'd be even less uh, listeners than what we get on this show, mate. Hey, man, we get, we get, we, we, we get loads of listeners. We're good. good. So I carry on. I just wanted to give you my gripe of the week. That's all. Yeah, no, I mean, I'm sure I'll let, let Woods take it away because... Um, 
I, I, I don't know if it was tiredness or if they're still waiting to, or still yeah. trying to adapt to his tactics. I, I think fatigue definitely played into it. Um, quite a few of the players that finished the game played 120 minutes um, in, in Istanbul of all places. Uh, I'll start with the game on, on Wednesday. Um, that was an excellent football match. It really was. Um, Chelsea were excellent. A similar game uh, plan where they were getting the press going. Um, and Golo Kante put in one of the best performances I've seen in a long time. He is something else. I, I often forget just how good N'Golo Kante is. Because um, I think it's easy to kind of take for granted what he does just because he does it all the time. But he he was mega against Liverpool and just completely shut uh, their midfield down. Um, Pulisic was excellent. Um he looked really strong. He was unfortunate, like I said, to have a goal ruled out. It was correctly ruled out. But um, overall, came out of that game feeling much better about things. Obviously, losing 4-0 to United on the opening day is less than ideal. But we did play well for half an hour in that game. Um, and I think statistically, you kind of look at the game, it never really was a 4-0. I think United probably deserved to win on balance. Um, I think we deserve Probably. to win the game on Wednesday. Absolutely deserve to win on balance. Can I ask a question, Woods? Can I ask a question, mate? How how do you see Chelsea doing this week in, week out with the Champions League, this this, this press that he wants to play? It's a bit worrying. Um, I think he needs to get a bit smarter. That's what um, I'm thinking as well. Just, just, just to come it, in, just to come in. Ole Gunnar Solskjaer has got very different tactics to Mourinho, right? You can see against fucking yes. Wolves yesterday, we were pressing against Chelsea. We, we had moments where we pressed, we, ha- we hassled them all around the pitch. When he came in as a manager last year, um, our first, what, nine, ten games were really good, right? Yeah, everyone's singing and dancing. The players fell off a fucking cliff after that and because what, they what? just couldn't do it anymore. And we've, got, we've had a summer now of trying to prepare the players to do this press. And even two, two games into the season, it's not something you can sustain for long periods of time in a game. It just no, cannot be done. Not. And where, where, with the Chelsea thing, I think you're going to see a lot of inconsistency. A lot of inconsistency. Especially and you're going with to have the to start, squad as well. Well, this is it. You're going to have to start using this squad more. But, but it's light. This is it. I do have one other question as well. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm going all over the place. I'm rogue. <laughs> um, I had just one comment on this one. You can answer this question for me, Lee. I heard when Willian came on. <laughs> oh Jesus! The new Chelsea number ten. Mate, Woods just you know gave it away there with his head banging oh, against man. the mic because you know mate, he, everything he tried just did not come off, and that's what I'm referring to. Maybe in terms of the depth of the yeah. squad, you know, because you obviously didn't get to buy anyone, and you're relying no. on someone who's formerly kind of he has produced the goods over the last couple of seasons, but I think last season was a bit of a tail off, wasn't there? And this year, his confidence yeah. looks, well, looks shot to pieces. Well, he's only just got back. Um, he's, he's, he was at the Copa um, with, with Brazil during mm. the summer. He's not really had any... Well, he hasn't had any pre-season. So I think that's probably dues, uh, yeah. an influencing factor. But the, the one thing that annoys me the most... I'm, I'm OK with players trying stuff and it doesn't work. I'm not OK with players kind of being lackadaisical in tracking back when that does happen. And I thought that... Uh, that attitude was very apparent with William on, on Sunday. So that was a big disappointment, especially at the moments because um, Chelsea were trying to kind of get back into that game at that point, try and uh, change the momentum of the game. Um, and Leicester kept obviously getting their opportunities on the counter-attack as Manchester United did the week before. And you kind of have to kind of 
put that effort in, especially when you're a substitute coming on. You should have fresh legs, and he wasn't really offering that. Chelsea's biggest problem is it's there for everyone to see right now. Um, right back, Aspilicueta is finished. He's completely finished at right back. Every time I watch that guy, and he's been an excellent player for the football club. He's been a perfect professional as well. Um, he's just finished. He's the one that is always making the mistakes. And when you watch teams play against Chelsea, they're constantly looking at their own left hand side, the right hand side of Chelsea. Um, Do you guys now, still have Victor be... Moses that you could? No, I think he's on loan in Turkey somewhere. I would have uh, enjoyed about to Victor Moses coming back to save Chelsea's season before James gets uh, at right back. Me, <laughs> at right, right. when is when is James <laughs> back, Meek? Because you know he I should be back soon. Because we're better. I've heard September is when he's back. Um, so I'm really excited to see him. I think a lot of Chelsea fans obviously are very excited to see this kid. Um, he's obviously very highly regarded. There's a lot of pressure still, though. I mean, he's going to be coming in and effectively taking the place of the Chelsea's captain. You know, that's that's a big hole to kind of step in. I think, uh, but I think the fans, that he's though, weren't you? Because I think I think oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. has lost the fans because every time he, he made a mistake on on the game on Sunday, you could hear it in the in the, in the crowd. Yeah, Rich James has got. Broad shoulders. He's 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 comfortable going into that. Um, Callum was back in training today. That's obviously very promising because uh, that means William doesn't have to play, um, and that then gives us a front three uh, across with uh, Callum, uh, Mason, and Pulisic, which is quite exciting. Again, it'll be pretty inconsistent. I don't believe this team can finish top four. Uh, I know I said that in our first part. I thought Chelsea finished top four. I don't think we can. Um, there's just a lot of young players, and I think that. The fans are going to have to understand there's going to be a lot of ups and downs. And the main problem with the club, and this is the one thing that we could have done with a transfer window for, um, is striker. I did think Giroud played very well on the day. Um, I think he brought in players uh, with his intelligence and his strength. He's excellent at doing that. And I do believe that he should be our starting striker because of that reason. Um, It's nice for Tammy to come off the bench with his fresh legs. Um, I feel for the kid after obviously taking the penalty. He shouldn't have been taking the penalty. He never looked like he wanted it. Um, but he's going to put in a lot of effort. It's just he 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 feels like you know that when you watch a player and it just needs he just needs that one goal just to go in off his knee, his face, whatever, just to go in to just take that pressure off. He looks like a player that's playing conscious of the expectation that's been put upon him, and he's not dealing well with it right now. Um, but yeah, I think that we're probably looking at sixth place at best at the moment in the league. Uh, but still, I'm so excited about watching Chelsea. They're so much fun to watch because they're excellent for half an hour. They're then shit for half an hour, which means the other team comes back into it. And then it's anybody's game. Well, the good news is Zappa Costa is Zappa Costa is leaving on loan. He is leaving on loan to Roma. Joyous, right? He was terrible. Yeah. Do you have any comments on Chelsea? I'm trying to think of time. No, no, I'm, I'm, I think Woods has pretty much nailed it. I mean, I'm, I'm, I mean, from my point of view, I'm not so excited to maybe watch the, see Chelsea play this year. Um, but yeah, I, I, I just feel like there's a, just, they look a bit fragile up top, as you said. Yeah. Once, once Giroud went off, I didn't feel like they had the presence up top to hold the ball and bring the others into play. It made the no. game become quite stretched. Unfortunately, with Giroud, you know, he isn't, you're not going to get 90 minutes out of him every game. So no. you will be seeing Tammy Abraham a lot more. Every time I look at Giroud, I think of that stupid celebration he did, and it angers me. <laughs> that's, my, that's, my, that's my gripe for next week, by the way, just as a spoiler alert. Um, so, the relegation battle, right? The teams that we expect to be down there, we've obviously said, oh, we expect the likes of Burnley and Palace, and, you know, we talked about Norwich and teams like that. 
just as a just like you know a quick statement from the pair of you on how you think the team so far. You know, like especially the promoter teams, how do you think they've gone on? I've got some humble pie, I think, mate, with Norwich. Yeah? Um, obviously, they were your team to, to review at the beginning of the season. And, uh, yeah, I uh, I was pretty confident that they were going to struggle, mate. Um, let's, let's take into consideration, obviously, they did. They just played Newcastle, and it is Newcastle, who also we're going to be probably talking as relegation candidates without a doubt. <laughs> but, mate, they, they, they look lively, mate. And the guy up front, Pukey, mate, love him. Oh, yeah, I mean... For what it's worth, they still go for me. Um, I, I, they're so much fun to watch. Chelsea play Norwich this weekend, and that's going to be a really, really good game to watch. Where, where's that? Both teams is that it's, it is away. It's at Carrow Road, so that's going to be a tough game for Chelsea to go to, looking for their first win of the season against a team that's going to be bouncing there um, in, in Norwich, and not easy uh, coming off a victory for them. Obviously, there. Um, I mean, if Frank doesn't win there, the pressure does start to kind of ramp up. Just, just another notch there, doesn't it? A little bit. It's that the longer the win has run, that continues. will help. Those what Norwich have done previously. So I don't know if you know their previous performance, obviously against uh, Liverpool, whilst it was four-one. I just checked my phone to find the Pookie song. Yeah, there's a new chant they that they that has, right. and I looked up and he's talking about Chelsea again. What's happened here? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What? what? You love it, Am mate. I We're talking about relegation somehow? candidates, mate. Oh, I... I'm allowed to. <laughs> <laughs> but I, yeah, look, Norwich are going to be fun to watch. But they go. Um, I think that Sheffield United though look a little bit more of a professional unit. Um, obviously, their tactics are. Working for them, they picked up their home win of the season. Admittedly, much like Norwich, against a fucking hopeless team. Holy shit, Crystal Palace are bad. Mate. They are so fucked. They've got half a Zaha playing, mate. They're, they're, they're fucked without a full Zaha playing. And and a zero yeah. Wan Bissaka. Oh, yeah, and that too, yeah, definitely. That defense. They are in big trouble, mate. Big they They trouble. need to lose the manager, for my money. They need to get someone with a fresh idea in. Well... I was going to say, in my head, I had um, David Moyes as the first... Uh, I thought he would be definitely a shoo-in for when Steve Bruce gets sacked. Um, but apparently, he's already been rumoured to go to Palace in, in replacing wow. Hodgson. <laughs> so, mate, if that happens, I, they're, still, they're still going down. Um, I have if, some... I, if I'm... Sorry, no, go sorry on, if, I was going to say, if I, if, I, if I was David Moyes, I am not touching that Palace job. That squad is fucked. Are you touching Straight the Newcastle fucked. job? Uh, yeah, because at least they've got some footballers there. <laughs> All right, can I give you... So I read some stats on Christian Benteke today. Is one of them being a oh, statue? Oh, yes. Right. <laughs> right. He sits alongside Eric Cantona and Raheem Sterling on 70 Premier League goals. Right? Christian Benteke's. However, he's only scored four times in his last 50 appearances. <laughs> right. Mate, that's worse than Shane Long. This is a guy... <laughs> Right, they came second only to a Real Madrid-bound Gareth Bale in the vote for PFA Young Player, Young Player of the Year in his debut season for Villa. And he registered double figures for goals in each of his first five campaigns in England. Right, he has, right, they scored two Premier League hat-tricks. More recently, the Man United scored their last. It's equal parts hilarious and harrowing. Like, this guy, mate, How? this guy is incredible. <laughs> like, what has happened to him? For what it's worth, I never really rated him. Edge, right? He's just fallen off he went, a cliff. And the thing is, the best thing is, they keep playing him. Well, and the thing is, when you watch him play... They have to. <laughs> well, they have to, but he's never in the box. You're a striker, mate. Get in the box. I never see him in the box. <laughs> it doesn't move, and when he does move, it's never in the box. <laughs> nah. Nah. 
I think Palace are doomed. I said that on the first show. I think they, they I, are. I, I said yeah. it last year, didn't I? I yeah. said Palace would go last year in, if uh, Zaha left and they kept him. Um, yeah, as you said, no Wan-Bazaka as well. And Zaha head looks like it's all over the place. He had a poor game against uh, Sheffield United. They, 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 are, they are struggling. They really are. So who else have we got? Burnley. I thought they... Do you want to, let's just quickly touch on Burnley. I thought they did all right against Arsenal for what it's worth. Um, Sean Dyche, though... He's on this crusade about diving. Ugh. It's time to let it go, mate. It's seriously, it's just time to let it go because a lot of the things which he was complaining about is kind of like, it's just part of the game, mate. It is literally just part of the game. It's not diving, really. It's not like um, Daniel James last night. It's just part of the game. And he chose a game, he chose a game in which there wasn't even excessive diving happening either. Like he chose, no, you talk about the get after the after the game. It's like, there wasn't really any there. I would understand it if he was um, the Wolves manager and was like, you know, that fucking Daniel James diving. What you know? But there was none of that in the Arsenal game. What is no. he on about? Why? Why? Not. Well, he wants red cards, doesn't he? It's like, uh, like apparently, a yellow card isn't enough for punishment. Or it doesn't deter them. Well, if you get two of them, then you're sent off. If you get five of them in a, like in the season, you get suspended. It's like, of course, it's a fucking punishment. What do you want to happen? I, I, I'm baffled by him. I, I, I hate the man. Fuck Burnley. Go away. It's a weird crusade. It's such a weird thing to kind of be hanging your hat on at this stage of the season. Um, they've started okay. Uh, Nick Pope is massive. I didn't realise how fucking tall that guy is. He is a fucking giant. He's he's literally the most important player in their team, by the way, Nick Pope, because if he gets hurt, it's Joe Hart in goal and you are getting relegated with Joe Hart in goal. <laughs> it's, good, it's a good point. Very good point. I just can't take a team seriously um, who have wood up front. I just, I can't have it. Also, just going back on the on the, the whole fucking crusade thing with Deitch, that must piss off his players as well, because then these players must be like, great, so we, we can't do anything. We can't dive then. Literally we can't we dive. We can't use that as a tactic at all, because we're getting crucified. I, I'd love to see one of his players dive and he gets yanked immediately, <laughs> fine two weeks' wages. Uh, there will be, there will be a doing. time this season where a Burnley player is yellow-carded for diving. And it's going to be delicious. I can't wait. Yeah. It's going to be absolutely delicious. The thing is, is the camera will go straight to Deitch and he, he'll know it. And he'll, <laughs> I, I, I genuinely believe he'll yank him. And then, then he'll do that classic pet thing where he'll know the camera's on him, right? And he'll make a point of basically giving him a bollocking in front of everyone about diving. You know, I hate him so much. That, that, I, I, just, I just know that's what Sean Deitch is like. I hate him so much. He's probably itching to do it anyway. Then of course he can actually make a point about it, can't he? Of course he is. Yeah. Um, Newcastle. Talk to me about Newcastle quickly. <laughs> Awful, mate. Awful. I, I, fair play for Shearer kind of pointing out just how fucking dreadful this team is. <laughs> they were showing how isolated... Um, is it Joe Linton? Yeah. Uh, their striker is compared to the rest of their team. Genuinely, fully 40 yards between him and any other player. And they are just raking the ball at him going, please hold it. We're coming. We're coming. We're coming. And of course, like, <laughs> they'd never get in there. Ice. It's baffling. Almiron, who I spoke quite highly of when he first arrived in the Premier League, is the kind of signing I like because it reminds me of the 90s where these players were coming in. I had no idea about it. I didn't have the internet. I couldn't research these players. I had never heard of this Almiron. He turns up, little man, nice quick feet. Enjoy watching him dribble the ball. Um, but he doesn't seem interested in scoring goals at all. And I'm starting to wonder, what does he do? He, for me, he's a bit of a headless chicken. He is. He has no idea what he's doing on a football pitch, does he? 
And what he needs then is a player, a manager that can go, okay, I, there's a talented boy here. I just need to to kind of get his head so he can take that talent and apply it to a football match. And his manager, Steve fucking Bruce. <laughs> Auntie like, Bruce. Oh. He, he's got fucking two players in that squad because let's face it, Sam Mazim is going to be exactly the same as Almiron. Supremely talented, but fucking wild men out there. Like you need to be able to kind of get them to focus on what they're doing. And Steve Bruce, Auntie Bruce is out there just being like, just go have a good time, guys. Just, you know, just just go out and have a good time. Oh, here the lads. Go on, Joy. <laughs> He's um, just mate, happy to be speak, here. I can't speak ill of Bruce, mate. Didn't he get 19 goals in a season once for us? You love to bang on he about did. that. Right. That's, that's the most mad Premier Hero. League stat there. Yeah. Hero. Um, any other re- any other teams down there you want to talk about, Lee? Before we go on to our predictions, um, not that I can think of. Villa are worth a shout. Was that Villa are worth a shout? Yeah, I was going to say. Well, the difference with between say Sheffield United, who you highlighted earlier, and Villa, as we know, Villa spent a shitload of money this summer. That seeing they've got a lot of players to gel. Sheffield United, they they've only started uh, one of their new signings in no. both of the games. Um, the comparison, you know, is quite stark. Uh, for what it's worth with, with Villa, uh, I, I struggle to see where the goals are coming from. In you know, I'm, I'm not not rating this Wesley so far. I don't know what you've seen of him. No, he, no. he, he kind of reminds me of a, a poor man's Villa Benteke. So <laughs> it does feel like that. Yeah, that's a fair comparison. I think that's a fair comparison. I, it's basically McGinn or nothing, right? Mm. It's almost like the manager has gone to McGinn, like get the ball and shoot, just shoot. Um, I've got to say, I'd be fucking livid if I was the, the Villa manager about what Tom Heaton did at the weekend. So you brought in this experienced pair of hands to play in goal, and he does that. Are you fucking kidding me? It looked like an astute signing, didn't it? And then that's yeah, his it's, it really did. And it's like, what's he doing? Um, great goal also by, is it Douglas Luis? Atoning for his mistake earlier for when a great he decided dummy. to yeah. dummy the ball to yeah. their, their player. In like yes. right outside his and which we, box. when we watched it as well, we both were like he's literally looked over his shoulder, seen there's no one there, and then still gone for a dummy <laughs> it anyway. Just, it makes like, no sense. Mm, questionable uh, decision making there. Yeah, they're going to be interesting because um, they can't take forever to bed these new players in because you've got to be careful when you're going to be one of those teams in there. You need to start picking up points soon, or it starts to snowball. Um, I don't know what their their next run of fixtures looks like, but they need to start finding some sort of form because they did all right against Spurs. They did okay. Spurs is away, really tough game to go to opening day, uh, but probably the best time to play Spurs, what it's worth a lot of players uh, that, again, have to be bedded into the, the start and 11. And then Bournemouth at home. Bournemouth didn't travel too well last year. Again, probably a pretty favourable fixture to have as your um, home opener. Two, for the Premier League two, season. Two notes though, like the, both games that Villa have played, their goals have, that they've conceded have come from mistakes and errors. Grealish yeah. lost the ball. Yeah. What's his face? Did the old dummy to nobody? Yeah, Douglas Lewis. Yeah, it's very easy. Like I've seen Grealish come out afterwards and say, "Oh, you know, we need to just cut those mistakes. That will be fine." It's like, well, they're the kind of mistakes that teams that get relegated do on a weekly basis. Yep. And yep. cutting them out, it's all very well just saying, "Oh, we're going to cut them out." It's actually, it's one thing saying it; it's another thing to do it consistently. Consistently. And be a good football team that don't make stupid mistakes. And I worry, I worry about Villa. The other thing I wanted to say quickly about Villa is that when they play Chelsea, I'm really looking forward to seeing what Jeremy Clarkson's going to say about Grealish's haircut. Because <laughs> fuck me, man. 
What is he doing? I'm really interested to know what dressing room John Terry's going in. I, he was at Stanford Bridge at the weekend on Sunday, weren't he? And I, oh. I read something online that suggested that he'd spoken to the players. And I was like, that seems a bit weird because he's Villa's coach. So I don't know if there was any anything in there or if it was just one of these classic kind of, I'm just going to put it out on Twitter and let it snowball a bit. <laughs> he was dressed like someone from Peaky Blinders. Mate, he's, 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 he's up in Birmingham these days. <laughs> Peaky Blinders, isn't it? Yeah. Anyway, predictions. When time. in Rome, are you ready? Yeah, I'm ready. You ready? Yeah. Time Masters tapping his watch. Though. I was trying to get us done eight, eight minutes ago here, so okay. we could start predictions of ten minutes okay. to go. You guys wanted to carry on. Don't shout at the Don't Time Master. Well, you weren't keeping time, were you? <laughs> <laughs> I'm the one pressing lap on the fucking watch. Here, I mate. didn't realise there's a lap button. You see, until halfway through. <laughs> He's been sitting there wondering what I'm doing after every sitting and I'm pressing lap. You know, I was like, just... why are all these numbers coming up on my screen for? What's all this? <laughs> Fuck's sake. Right. Friday, the 23rd of August, live on Sky Sports. We've got Aston Villa playing the mighty Everton. Come on, you blues. I reckon we are going to get a nice win here. Um, as we just discussed with Villa, you know, they've had a bit of a shaky start. Um, obviously, good performance against Tottenham, but they didn't get anything and to ultimately lose to Bournemouth at home. I'm, I'm, I fancy our chances. We're not banging them in, but... Yeah. Hopefully, old Moyes Keane will get a start and we'll, uh, we'll get that goal. What's that? Yeah, you Everton. Would... Everton? Yeah. Uh, Everton. A fair play to Everton. Um, opening the season, two clean sheets, right? 16 now since the uh, beginning of last season. That's not bad, right? Bearing in mind, you, you were concerned about lack of centre-half signing to replace Zuma. They, they're, they're looking solid. It's not uh, so Digne... much the, Sorry, sorry. It's not so much the... Uh, it was just the backup. So once Mina gets injured, which I think will happen, that's when I'm going to worry. Or he gets suspended. Yeah, okay. Well, we hear that too. Um, yeah, no, I agree. Didn't he hurt? I, I agree. What's that? Yeah, he took a blow. Didn't well. he hurt? Yeah. Is he going to be all right for the weekend? I think it's. I think it's been a knock, so it's being assessed. Okay. So yeah, he he'll play. The biggest takeaway from the Everton game was Bernard, mate. Glorious Bernard. You love little Bernard, don't you? I love Bernard. I think he's a very underrated player. And uh, grab him, grab him to the goal, mate. Yeah, it was a slightly fortuitous goal, though, wasn't it? Yeah, mate. You can't win the raffle if you don't buy a ticket. Yeah? <laughs> um, so, half 12 kickoff on Saturday. We've got Norwich hosting the mighty Chelsea. Draw for me. Good game, yeah. this. Score, score draw, I think. Chelsea. Continuing their fine run of form in my predictions. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Lauro. How you doing, bruv? <laughs> um, three o'clock kickoff. We've got Brighton and Southampton, two teams we haven't talked about on this show today. Any thoughts about regarding these two opening couple of games? Well, kind of differing fortunes, haven't they? I mean, Southampton haven't haven't won yet. Brighton have got some points on the board already, looking quite dangerous with their new signings. They look like they're bedding in quite well. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to go for Brighton. Yeah, the complete opposite to uh, Chris Hutton's Brighton. Signings actually playing and contributing to the team. Uh, this is exactly the reason why they sacked Chris Hutton. So uh, Potter uh, paying dividends there. Southampton, um, I mean, Danny Ings has to bury it. It should have been a draw oh. against Liverpool. Uh, it's an awful, awful miss. Um, but yeah, I, I'm going to take Brighton because they are the better football team right now. Like it. Amen. This next one will be the easiest prediction we've ever had to make in our short lives. Manchester United, the greatest team of all time against Crystal Palace, the worst team of all time. 
I will be going for a Manchester United win. Yeah, I'm not going anywhere different, mate, other than Man United. Do you like, how, do you like how positive I am these days? Mate, you started off positive yesterday, mate, when we was watching the Wolves game and you soon got quiet in that second half, so... Yeah. <laughs> that's a, that's a, that's a, that is a home banker, mate. That is... That's delicious for United to have, that one. It's the ideal game. We're two hard games to start with. This is a nice... At home... Let's play some football, yeah? Um, then we've got Sheffield United versus Leicester. Interesting game, Ooh. interesting matchup. That is an interesting one, isn't it? Leicester were really good after their their first you know half struggles. Um, certainly in the second part of the first half, they they came back into it, and they were the better team in the second half for sure. Uh, Madison, he's an absolute baller, mate. How much do you reckon that kid's worth? I don't know. I did say during dinner when I when I was watching the game, I felt that that was a little bit of end product missing. But Blight, of course, yeah. he set up the corner. Yeah. And he missed a big chance, but yeah, he is big chance. He, he, you feel like he's like you know a shoe in for that England position in two, three years' time. Do you think if Absolutely. if Chelsea or Man City or Liverpool came in with a bid of sixty million pounds, do you think that'd be enough to no. get him away from there? No, not enough. Nowhere near. Nowhere near. Are we talking that he's looking- more expensive than Maguire? Yes. So you're telling me that James Madison is potentially worth £100 million in today's market? I I believe he's a £100 million player. G- given the way that Leicester negotiated the Maguire deal, I definitely see they would want more. But they were they were negotiating the Maguire deal from a, from a position of strength, considering that Maguire had signed a new deal, right? True. How Do you know how, my, how long Madison has left on his deal? Uh, you know what? I don't know. Do you know? I don't know. I haven't got a clue. Well, bear, in mind, <laughs> bear in mind his performances last year. <laughs> I would imagine he would have been offered a new deal. Oh, I didn't see anything. And if not, he would have signed like a four-year deal anyway. So he's still got time on his side there. Well, potentially a couple of years. Yeah. Be interesting to see because at the end of this season, they say he had a four-year deal, two years to run. Let's not kid it, mate. Um, I think Chelsea probably not in the market for a ten with Mason. Um, I, I think there's a team <laughs> in Manchester that would be looking. It ain't City. It's your lot. I think that Messi Lingard really cost you the points um, last night with his just inability to have any semblance of a first touch hasn't scored a goal uh, in 2019 I don't think he's assist, assisted a goal in 2019 either what's he doing yeah, it, I don't it, know what he does it, I've it, been saying that for fucking he, he years he presses he presses <laughs> I, honestly <laughs> I, I could, I, James Madison would make a lot of sense for Manchester United especially with the way that they are building a team now um, I take him I like him Le- Leicester Leicester I mean, yeah, I mean, just look at Liverpool, for example, uh, and what they did with Southampton. They obviously liked what Southampton were doing with the young players. It's, this happens. Bigger clubs will like the young players that are coming through at a club. If Manchester United happen to like a couple of Leicester's players and those players want to play up at Manchester United, then it's going to happen. Uh, 2023, so he has got quite a few years. So it, it could be an expensive one, but I, I, I can see Madison in a Manchester United shirt next year. It's going to be hell expensive, uh, but I can see it. Interesting. So who are the, who's winning, Sheffield United or Leicester? Draw. Oof. Three, three draws on the bounce for Leicester, I reckon. Uh, I'm taking a Leicester win. Yeah, I think Leicester might take this one. Also, I just want to say as well, people said it was a mistake by Ndidi. I just think that he got um, sucked in by some clever pressing by Mason Mount. He, he had a look and Mason Mount wasn't moving. And then the second he turned away, Mason was on him. Um, so I, I feel it's a bit unfair to say it was an error. Yeah, I think Sooners highlighted though, didn't he? He took one too many touches. It wasn't a good first touch, mm. but again, it wasn't a good first touch for uh, Ruben Nevis's goal last night. 
it just happens to be that Ruben Neves has just ridiculous technique to be able to hit a ball that close to his body. He had that volley a couple of years ago in the championship, mm-hmm. where one which his touch was almost too good, and he managed to kind of somehow get some sort of strike off that was outrageous. Delicious. Um, Delicious. We've got Watford and West Ham. Oh, fuck me. I think West Ham are going to get their first points. Well, first win, sorry. Yeah, I agree. Watford are in trouble. Um, We spoke about them, about their signings. They didn't freshen it. They don't look fresh. They look look old when you watch them. Um, Yeah, West Ham, because they've looked decent in spells. Yeah, my point with uh, Watford would be the manager. He looks, he looks gone. He looks, he looks knackered. He, he doesn't look. Oh, Lurch. Yeah, old Lurch. He doesn't look with it. No, he doesn't. He doesn't. They had an awful end to the season last year. Mm. Uh, once they got to the FA Cup semi-final, and admittedly they won that just because Wolves somehow managed to throw it away, um, and that forms run into the sec, you know, into the start of this season. Um, and I think they're in trouble. And again, to me, much like Palace. I know sometimes new managers can come in and kind of rejuvenate a squad. I just don't believe the squads are good enough to be able to be rejuvenated. No, I, I agree. I, I agree. I think they, for me, Watford need to get out of the, um, the Troy Deeney era is over now. They need yeah, to move on need to get and on build with a it. new kind of identity of this club a little bit. You know, I, I, I look at Watford, I don't know what they are. I don't know what they I don't know how they play. I don't know what they do. I'm not really sure. And you've got promoted teams coming up who have a clear identity. I know what they're all about. And you can see the positives with it. With Watford, I have absolutely no idea. And, you know, we did, a, That's we did, the real a, we did problem an entire for those podcast teams. last year about football where we talked about football every week. And I still have no idea how Watford play football. Yeah, I envisage them as a, a fifth, 14th, 15th position. Jobbing, mate. The, mm. they're, they're one of those teams that probably have benefited from promoting and it's interesting what you say about promoted teams coming up and just not maybe being good enough uh, certainly Cardiff and Fulham never were good enough last year Huddersfield Fuck although they stayed up the first man. year they Gosh. were never really good enough I hate them um, who have now sacked their manager that replaced um, oh god Jan Warner, Stewart for, oh yeah uh, the guy Wagner. that they were Wagner thank you Wagner's um, the old guy yeah, I can't remember his name now. Yeah, yeah, it's obviously Good work, just not boys. worked. Yeah, <laughs> what, what, Look, why Huddersfield, man, you said it. Yeah, uh, yeah, whatever. <laughs> um, but I, I kind of look at teams like them, uh, like Watford and Southampton, uh, as teams that have benefited from shit teams coming into the league which has helped them survive and now like good teams have potentially come into the league like Sheffield United potentially Villa potentially Norwich if those three stay up there's going to be three teams that obviously have to fall out of the league that didn't expect to be fair it's fair it's a very very definitive ending there Woods so (laughs) we'll go to the next one we've got the big game half five kickoff on Saturday Liverpool are hosting Arsenal was it a juicy one? Hello. It is juicy. Hello. I've had enough of Arsenal fans and we're only two games in. So um, I think they're getting grounded on on Saturday night. I see see a draw in their future because Liverpool can't defend and Arsenal can't defend either. And I think there's going to be goals. Delicious goals. And I think I'm looking at two all or three all. Yeah. Yeah, it's a good show. Um, I think it's be written goals. in the stars, mate. I think there'll be goals, but I think Liverpool win. And Liverpool, for you, 
Uh, absolutely, because it's written in the stars that there's a David Lewis disaster class income in here. <laughs> <laughs> right, Sunday, 25th of August. Two o'clock, we have AFC Bournemouth hosting Manchester City. Uh, I will save us all the time. Yep. Yes. And uh, put City in there three times. Um, any thoughts on Bournemouth? Harry Wilson doing what Harry Wilson does. Wonderful left foot. Out of a strike from there. Bit fortunate with the deflection, but yeah, he, he loves a loves a long distance effort. It's a clean strike, very clean strike. That was, that was against Villa, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. Yeah, good. They'll be fine. They they will be fine. The, uh, dude, the biggest because... development I've seen at Bournemouth is the fact that Eddie Howe now has a like a fashionable hairstyle. <laughs> he's got. He's, new... he's eyeing up one of those top jobs now, isn't he? he? Is, it's like... He's going to start. He's going to start wearing suits on the rig, mate. He's going to. You know what I mean? You watch. <laughs> Um, but uh, yeah, Bournemouth have what you need when you're a team that's kind of in that lower mid area. Goal scorers. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, half four kickoff, Spurs versus Newcastle. Spurs. Oh, that's a delicious one for Harry Kane. <laughs> I, I was thinking, oh, surely you've got a captain, one of those Manchester United players, because they're playing a, they're, they'd lay up on Saturday. Um, Harry Kane versus that Newcastle defence. <laughs> feasting. Absolute feasting. <laughs> Yeah, it's Spurs, right? Yeah, excellent. And then finally, half four kickoff as well. Wolverhampton Wanderers versus Burnley. A glamour tie, if there ever was one. <laughs> wolves. Yeah, wolves. It's got to be wolves, right? It's got to be. Sorry, Wolverhampton Wanderers in the books. So now we have one more segment before we can all go home. And I say go home, we're already home. And I think you're already home as well, Woods, right? I am literally Yeah, you do home. this from your house. Excellent. Um, winners and chumps. Start for some winners. Start for some winners. Um, I've gone for the hat-trick boy, Pukey. And I've got a little oh, question yeah. for you. So, when was the last time a Norwich player scored a hat-trick in the Premier League? And can you name that person? I want to say Jeremy Goss, for some reason, because I love him. It's a good effort, but it's not right. Oh, fuck. It's... Evan Akuku. It, oh, it's your boy, isn't it? It's, we it's nice, yeah. man. We've got a winner. Is it Evan Akuku? Wow, Evan Akuku. That is that is an icon player, mate. Your, bo- your bonus point. Who who was against? Nah, no idea. I'll give you a clue. Everton, Man United. Everton. It was Everton. Yeah. Ah. Um, no, yeah. So I mean, he, he, fair play to the fella. You know, he's come in. And he scored four goals. I think it's the first time someone's ever made their Premier League debut and scored four goals in the opening two games. Um, so yeah, fair fair play to him. Mate, so Ravinelli all them years ago got a hat trick on the opening day. Didn't score in his didn't next score game. Score in the next game. Unbelievable, unbelievable. Um, now, mate, I'm stoked for Norwich. I'm not gonna lie to you. And they were actually my winner this week as well, just because. Well, specifically Pucky. I like his name. He's got an amusing name. Is it Pucky or Pukey? I don't know. I say Pucky. Pukey. 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 Yeah, we're all saying it wrong. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I can't really argue with that one. To be honest with you, I can't really argue. What about you, Woods? I know we should have different ones, but yeah, yeah. It's, it's, dif- it's difficult to go. It's difficult to go against uh, Norwich. Such a convincing home victory, but um, I'll give a shout out to um, Sheffield United. Twelve years away, um, pretty bitter that def- relegation twelve years ago. I, f- I believe, wasn't it? Yeah, was it twelve years? Yeah, it was. Yeah, because we were at university, weren't we? Yeah, Carlos pretty, pretty salty welcome. about that. Um, um, can I just say something very quickly about Sheffield United? This is a very small thing. And I'm, I'm sorry to interrupt. Why do they have a better Southampton kit than Southampton? Sheffield United's kit's all right, isn't it? 
It is, man. It's nice. You compare that to the monstrosity rocking up at the Dell these days. It's not the Dell. I know it's not the Dell. Right? And we'll it's go with the Dell. Do you want to know why? Why is that? Under Armour, mate. Yeah. Under Armour makes Southampton's Adidas makes uh, Sheffield United's. Yeah. That's all you need to know Why is it that. black yeah. on the... No. Sorry, dude. Carry on. Sheffield... I just got... Yeah, Sheff- Sheffield kit. United. Um, uh, mainly because... Welcome back. Good home win. Um, nice to see a team. As you said, Mikey... Promoted with an identity, uh, a style of football that's pleasing to watch. Good for them. And sticking to it, right? Absolutely. Sticking to it. Um, chumps, give me a chump. I've, uh, I've gone for slightly out different, maybe. I don't know. Mike Ashley. Because I was, <laughs> I was watching bit Channel 5 the other night and there was a documentary about Old Sports Direct on there. And obviously our, our fella, the main man, the big man, Mike Ashley's on there. The guy is an imbecile. Just, I was just reminded of, the, of just what a dickhead of a guy he is and then what he's doing at that club. Um, I mean, it'd be easy to pick on like Steve Bruce, you know, but ultimately he had Rafa Benitez in that managerial position. All he needed to do was throw a, a nice contract to him and a decent money, about, you know, some money to spend, and he refused to do it. I don't know if it's arrogance, but I think he's been blinded to the fact that, you know, that is basically a, a championship squad and he's brought in a championship manager. So he's put 40, where are they going? He put forty million into into Joe Linton, mate. He doesn't score goals. <laughs> exactly. The, the money they do throw yeah. is Almiron and bloody Joe Linton, and they're not, they're not going to do it, are they? So yeah, for me, it's Mike Ashley. Fair enough. Woods, give me a chump. Uh, the new handball rule. <laughs> <laughs> that uh, he can that can just fuck off into room one hundred and one. No, nobody wants this. No, no one wants this. This is stupid. It's just stupid. It's fair. Um, I have two chumps this week, joint chumps. Okay. Okay. Um, like you, Lee, I've also been watching the television, and my chumps are Anthony Johnson and Bernard Morley. They are the uh, <laughs> so they were the Salford City managers, and uh, I watched. <laughs> <laughs> mate, mate, I love, I love. Oh yes, uh, sorry, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um. Right, so they obviously, they, they got sacked. They left a while ago, right? However, we, there's a documentary on Sky and we're only up to the bit where they kind of leave the club or, you know, Gary Neville calls them into the room and they kind of mutual consent slash you're not coming back kind of thing. And you watch this class of 92, whatever the fuck it's called, and these two are just the biggest imbeciles I've ever seen in my entire life. Now, the best thing is they actually have new jobs. They are joint managers oh, somewhere else. And I told you who this Chester. was really, and I can't remember. It's Chester. Chester. Chester City. Chester. Right. What are you doing, Chester? They're idiots. They're actual Mate, idiots. They haven't watched the documentary, have they? Oh, my God. Missing the, missing the best bit. So I, I'm, I was up to episode three last night, sitting there enjoying it, and they're kind of like, so now Salford's getting some new dressing rooms. And all of a sudden, who the fuck's building them dressing rooms? It's literally the old manager. And I'm like, holy shit, this is what? unbelievable. What? <laughs> what? They gone from, right? They gone from managing the team to like being bought in as contractors to build the fucking dressing room. It was that I was so Was it both good. of them or uh, just one of them? Just, just one of them. The fucking chuckle the, brothers, the mate. Jesus here, one, I can imagine exactly you doing to me. You? you know, just... Oh. <laughs> it's so mate, good. It's well, so good. Well, they need to get the cash so they can afford them stupid fucking lunches they have every fucking day. <laughs> you know, the big greasy steak and stuff and they sit oh, there. Oh, man. Let's talk about tactics. No, you just got front up. You just got front up. Man up. You've got man up, you know. Fuck off. Absolute 
amateur town. They'll say, oh, we won this promotion like four times in five years or whatever it was, or three and four. Fuck yeah. off. I could have won promotion with that fucking team. Oh, sorry. I hate the pair of speak, them. Speak, uh, speaking while we're on Salford City, though, is, is it Salford City? I call them Salford Sa- City. Salford well, City? Yeah. I ain't from up there. Um, so yeah. Can, can they... Uh, that, like, uh, uh, the thing with the documentary is they try to make it seem like a fairy tale. Oh, look at this fairy it's tale. tale. We're, 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 it's literally, you're the worst thing about football. There's teams going out of business, right? And it's like, oh, look at Salford. Look, we're doing really well. Look at us with our billionaire owner and class of 92. Honestly, honestly... I really, really hope that these Chelsea kids work because I just want the class of 92 put to bed. I love David Beckham. When he, t- he turns up in the show, he turns up in the show and he's, he's wonderful. But like, I'm genuinely at this point, the rest of them, fuck off. Like, 92, fuck off. Long time's passed, right? And you only won one European Cup. One. You know what I mean? Mate, what's the United man saying here then? What's that? What are you saying? Uh, well... Look, all I will say on this is that I spoke last season, at the end of last season, quite a lot about my dislike of Ole Gunnar Solskjaer and his constant retreading the glory years and bringing it up all the time. Believe me, right, I think, and I wanted to have this discussion on the show today, but maybe next week, I think Paul Scholes is the best midfielder to ever, certainly the best English midfielder to ever play in the league, right? I'd have him ahead of Lampard, Gerrard, the lot. Paul Scholes is the fucking man, right? He's almost first name on the team sheet for me, right? I don't ever want to hear the guy again, right? I grew up <laughs> loving Ryan Giggs, okay? When he scored that goal against Arsenal in the cup, right? I, I, I tried to recreate that a thousand times in my back garden, right? I never want to hear him again. Philip Neville is the current England women's manager. He called today for uh, teams and, uh, and clubs to basically boycott social media for six months, right? Phil Neville... He's a fucking imbecile. I never want to hear from him again. Nicky Butt has got a random job somehow as like the head of youth development at Manchester United. How? No idea. Basic player? Yes, he was. I never want to hear from him again, right? Gary Neville is, comes out on Monday Night Football every week. Not every week. He used to have every week, and now he does it all the time, a little bit here and there, because he took the Valencia job, and he was obviously the Eng- in the England South as well. I, I love Gary Neville beyond belief. I do feel like in five years' time, we're going to all be sick of him. Because I think he's becoming a little bit of a parody of himself, where almost he he has an opinion, and his is the right opinion, and there are no other opinions that matter. I think he's forgotten the art of a debate a little bit somewhere along the line, and I think in five years' time, your casual fan who at first was like Gary Neville, yeah, I hated him as a player, but I quite like him as a pundit. They're going to turn on him. I think they're going to get turned on. The only one from Class 92, mate, that we love is David Beckham. I wish the other lot would fuck off to a degree. Not Gary Neville, because I still love him, but I do think they're going to turn on him ev- eventually. Okay? Okay. That's my thought on it. <laughs> yeah? Is the show done now? Can, f- we, can we go away now? F- f- Phil Neville wants... Is that to do with uh, what happened with, with Pogba last yeah, night? Re- related. Yeah, okay. Um, I, I just think that social media needs to do more. They, they have to do more. They, they just... These find these fucking dirt bag people Mate, and fucking do something about the, 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 it. It's, um, you can't. You, you, you seriously can't. just can't. Mate, how can you? The fact is, right, is that... Do something. I'm not an internet guy. Do something. <laughs> <laughs> You're the fucking internet guy here, man. Yeah, do look, something. It, look, it, it, it cannot... It, it physically can't be done. You should be solving online racism. This is the the same people that sit there and say that, you know, oh, they they have a go at Google for doing things. It's like, 
do you not know how the internet I works? Google. I didn't blame Google. Do you know what I mean? I, like, I didn't blame Google for No, no, but it's, but it's the same I, kind of thing where oh. you get like MPs putting laws through Parliament about the internet that they have no idea what, what they have no earthly idea about how the internet works. And it's just like, I do agree that social media in terms of Twitter and Instagram and Facebook, they need to be locked down. They need to be more secure. They need to have far more verification processes to be able to set things up. I mean, but the same thing. Like, So back in the old days, right? I'm, I know we've run over. I'm sorry, right? Back in the old days, let's say it's 2001, right? We're, we're, we're watching Friends, you know, and things like that, right? They didn't have fucking Facebook back then. They, their entire thing on one of the episodes was, oh, um, we're going to edit, like, the fucking the, the, the Friends Reunited page, you know, to make fucking Chandler gay and Ross dead. Because it's all old school, right? In those days, you could, you, could, you could use someone's email address and sign them up to loads of stupid shit, right? And, you know, you could just create a new email address, right? The, the, the process of that hasn't changed. I can still create as many fucking addri- email addresses as I want to sign up to as much as I want, right? To do whatever I want. There is Harry Maguire said today that, oh, you should have passports and driving licenses. To, you should show verification of who you are before you make a profile. Now, fundamentally, I do agree. I do believe there should be some kind of... Um, you know, verification somehow traceability so, yeah. some kind of accountability and traceability but again how are you going to police this these platforms Twitter Instagram all the lot we're not set up for that level of and we're too far past the post now you know we're too far past the post you can't yeah. we can't now reverse engineer this back into it it don't work like that because there's billions of accounts you know well I, I, for me you can't shut down social media altogether no and because- I f- Exactly. For me, I think this whole thing will come as a society. I don't think it's going to come from a particular... Maybe sport will lead the way and, and have a, a boom for this. At the moment, though, too many influential people get paid too much money from social media to voluntarily shut their accounts down. That's a simple fact. Mm. That's the simple brass tax of it. That's just how it is. So until they can be subsidised their fucking advertising money, ain't going to happen. It's incredibly oh, naive of Phil Neville to, to go out and say, don't use social media for six months. It's a baffling, baffling, yeah. naive. Phil Neville and naive, though, that goes hand in hand. You saw his tactics at the Women's World Cup. <laughs> and on that note, should we wrap up? Should we should, yeah. Yeah, it's fair. Now, we haven't got any outro music for you either, boys and girls, so we're just going to, like, softly... We've got Lee away. to wrap us out. Yeah, we've got Lee to wrap <laughs> us out. <laughs> no, 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 no. But you've got that hot rap that all the kids are saying, no? No, the pressure's too much. <laughs> Lee's just going to hum Zed cars. Sports Social Podcast Network. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family cannolis and spins mean everything now you want to get mixed up in the family business introducing the godfather at chabacasino.com test your luck in the shadowy world of the godfather slot someday i will call upon you to do a service for me play the godfather now at chabacasino.com welcome to the family no purchase necessary vgw group void where prohibited by law 18 plus terms and conditions apply